I just want to carry on from everything that's already been happening, everything that God's been, everything that's being shared. I don't know how I could put it any better. Um, yeah, so I'll just share some of my thoughts that I've been thinking about because they are no different from what is being said already. Um, so thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to us. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if I had to summarise what I want to share today, it's that song that Evan chose for us, just this one thing remains. This one thing. So, I think we're all searching for significance. It's part of human nature. We need to feel in some way significant, valuable, worthwhile, meaningful, um, loved, like we matter. Um, I guess the question is, where do we look for that? How do we get it? Where do we get it from? Um, do we ever get to the end of <laughs> that sort of search? Um, and so I want to talk about this because it's just been going on over in my mind. I want to sort of think this through with you um, because we're coming to the end of lockdown and I think you know we've had this time of, it's just been really strange, isn't it? It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's unusual, it's unplanned, it's not the kind of thing that you, you expect to happen in life. And, it just raises so many questions. It can make us think, um, first of all, it just feels really meaningless. It feels like if something this seemingly random can happen in reality, that's a bit strange. Like, how do I plan for my future? You know, if something like this can come along that's completely outside of my control, completely beyond me, and I'm sort of helpless in a way to uh, stop it from happening, and it, it just raises all these questions. And you know, one of the questions we can ask ourselves is about this past year. Has it just been a meaningless year? Has it, have I been learning anything through this year? Does it, does it matter? And I think instinctively in this, this sort of year that's happened to us, for those of us who are maybe finding our significance in our work, in our achievements, in our ambitions. Boy, has this gotten in the way. This comes in, what a challenge. It's like, nope, no you don't. Get back in your house, sit down, do nothing. <laughs> like, and if you're finding your significance, you're finding your worth in the things you're hoping to achieve, if you're trying to make your life meaningful, if you're trying to fight the fear of like that, that fear of existential dread where you're thinking I'm getting I'm getting older maybe my life's wasting away suddenly this year comes along nope the amount of questions it raises for us it would be so easy to try to ignore these scary questions and to just to, to feel like finally I've gotten through it the end is in sight here it is we've only got a couple of weeks left guys we've made it through let's just forget it ever happened, right? 
That's what, that's what we want to do so often. Let's just pretend it never happened. Let's ignore the fact that it kind of fills us with this feeling of meaninglessness um, and just, we'll just throw ourselves right into our projects, won't we? We'll throw ourselves into our, our ambitions, our work, and that will get us going again. Yeah, we'll just forget everything that's happened. This is not new. Let's look at Ecclesiastes. Love Ecclesiastes. I'm always reading it. Always looking for an excuse to read it out to you. So here we go again. And I'm gonna read a big chunk of it as well, so prepare yourselves. <laughs> Probably gonna be most of this talk, actually. Um, so this is, this is Solomon, King Solomon. Um, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome. <laughs> yeah, I came to depress you here today. <laughs> All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new, it was here already long ago. It was here before our time. There is no remembrance of men of old, and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. I'm gonna skip ahead a bit. I thought to myself, look, I have grown and increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow, the more knowledge, the more grief. I thought in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure and find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I owned, also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. That's a very old school boast, eh? <laughs> I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers and a harem as well, the delights of the heart of man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. 
I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work. And this was the reward for all my labor. Yet, yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. confrontation isn't it it confronts any part of us that is still looking for our significance and our value in our work in our achievements but that really is, is what's being offered to us by our world you know I was going to ask you the question if you weren't a Christian where would you seek to find your significance where would you try to find your value and up there, it's got to be work, isn't it? It's got to be uh, achievements, it's got to be projects, got to be ambitions. But that worldview is not the Christian worldview. It's not the Christian way. It's not the way of Christ. And so we find ourselves sometimes in, in this tension. Now that we're thinking about coming out of lockdown, it's a good time to sort of recognise there's maybe this tension in us where we, we're sort of feeling, I want to get back into all my stuff, you know, quick. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's good to do things. But we know that it's not the ultimate meaning of life, don't we? You know, the, the way of this world is searching for significance through achievements and it's so seductive, you know, even if it's good achievements. Think of, um, at the moment, you know, there's this whole sort of social justice culture and movement that's driving people to um, really subconsciously find the meaning and significance of their lives in doing good. And now it is good to do good, obviously. <laughs> And we want justice. And it's important to spend our times on our time and our energy on the things that matter, the things that are good and right. But if we think that is going to solve our significance problem, we're misguided. That is what I would call the new secular religion. And it's no good. It's, it's already on a course to catastrophe, in my mind. <laughs> and it's already leaving people feeling empty. <laughs> it's not making people good. It's not making people happy. It does not fulfill. And on this worldview of achievement, finding success and uh, meaning through our achievements and our, our work and our activity, what does it say about the last year of lockdown? It, it leaves us with just a roadblock. It just says, yeah, that got in the way. What a pain. <laughs> Let's pretend that didn't happen and get back to the real stuff. Or maybe it says to us, you know, if I count the years of my life, that was a dud. That one was like a missed off year that I got to kind of pretend didn't happen because 
all, all these things, they didn't really amount or add to the achievements I was trying to gain. Or maybe like we're just in this place where me and Hannah were talking this through, where we start to, we notice this wrestling through a sense of guilt. You know, we've jumped into this new way of being and lockdown, we've strangely enjoyed it. We start to realize that slowing down to a more loving pace of life, seeing less people, uh, maybe spending more time at home, more time in prayer, just a less frenetic life is actually really, really good. <laughs> and we're loving it, or loving aspects of it. And now that we're looking at coming out of this time, we're thinking, ooh, maybe, maybe I'm a bit selfish. Maybe, maybe I feel a bit guilty because I'm not looking forward to going back to all that busyness and all of those sort of social expectations. I'm not looking forward to having to say no to things. <laughs> when I'm invited to them. But let's listen to how Paul, Paul guides us in this way. The Christian way is different. Paul, um, let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. Where are we? Here we are. And now I will show you the most excellent way, he says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Another challenge. <laughs> Do we really believe that? Notice, Shortly after this, Paul then goes on to say, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That's what we were singing about. What really remains after all this <laughs> but love? So Paul is saying, even if I can achieve all of these amazing, holy, good, amazing things, you know, and you can imagine from Paul's point of view, these are like the loftiest ambitions you can reach for. Um, even if I do all those things without love, I gain absolutely nothing. All his projects and achievements are nothing to him without love. Another way we could put this um, is uh, something I heard from someone called Pete Rollins, and he, he was saying, um, it doesn't matter if you believe that life is utterly full of meaning. If you don't have love, if you are not loving, you can't help but experience life as meaningless. 
And the opposite is true as well. It doesn't matter if you believe life is ultimately meaningless. If you love, you cannot help but experience it as meaningful. So that's one for us to watch out for. Of course we believe that life is meaningful, but unless we love, we can't help but experience it as meaningless. Because we're made for love. And this isn't just of doing things. You know, everything that Tony was saying earlier, you know, this is about um, feeling loved by God. Like living in that awareness that he loves us. And that, that's where I'm getting my significance from. The Christian worldview is one that says we do not earn our significance and our value through the things we can produce or uh, the achievements we make. Each of us is intrinsically valuable before we do anything. Intrinsically worthwhile. Just our beings. So we can, we can just be in God's love. When we know and we are sure of our significance in him and that he loves us, then we can be. <laughs> we, don't, we don't feel like we have to get on the treadmill of human doings and have to sort of earn our, our right to be here. <laughs> we are intrinsically valuable because he loves us, because we're made in his image. And when we start to uh, recognise our significance comes from God and how he's made us, nothing to do with what we achieve or what we produce, um, it changes our motivation towards our ambitions. So we know that being ambitious is good and um, doing work is good. Doing, having a job is really ennobling. <laughs> We're not saying here that uh, you'll be fine if you never do anything for the rest of your life. <laughs> Just go and sort of vegetate on your own. Ignore that you live in a society. Um, no, there are the, all these good things, but it's about the motivation behind them. Um, and what we do is, when we, when we start from our significance in Him, knowing that we're loved, we switch from this sort of aspirational mindset to an inspirational one. You know, we, we look around us and our culture is just so full of um, this sort of aspirational mode of being. It's all about, here, look at this. And what it does is the aim is to get you to compare yourself to this and therefore, because you feel less than, because you have to feel unworthy, you compare yourself to that image and say, I want to be there. That's aspirational, whereas inspirational is slightly different. If someone comes along and inspires you, they don't have to first make you feel terrible about yourself and worthless. Instead, they're giving you breath, they're giving you energy and life, and they're filling you with this energy and this motivation to go and do something. Uh, maybe it's just by embodying it. They, 
they come along and they show you how to cook the most brilliant meal. And you don't look at them and go, oh, I'm a terrible cook. For some, something about this person makes you think, wow, I could cook like, oh, if only. And that's, there's a huge difference in our motivations between this aspirational way of living and an inspirational one. When we, when we make this switch, when we can start our, our day, you know, from knowing that we're loved, it changes our work. Our work becomes an expression. I feel like Tony said this earlier in his prayer. Our work becomes an expression of our value, of our respect, of our worship, of our love. Not, not a desperate grasping, trying to earn it for ourselves. Um, we, we start to go about our daily work, our jobs. Um, I'm trying to think of a, an analogy for you. Um, you know, we're not trying to earn our Father's approval. We know that He loves us as we are. And so we, we respond. Our work can be a response. As we go about our day, about our work, we say, I want to do this excellently. I want to just live life to the full because I'm loved, because I feel inspired by God's love. How amazing would it be if we felt inspired by God's love in that way all the time? We, we never did anything without that kind of inspiration of love. Wouldn't that be just a different energy altogether? So love does lead to action, but it is an expression. It's, it's a different motivation. Um, all right, better wrap up here. Some final thoughts, right. I've got many to pick from, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I think what I want to get across is that we can sometimes feel guilty if we get wrapped up in this idea that life is about uh, our achievements and our work. Then we can get wrapped up in feeling guilty when we're not working hard enough. Or that maybe we're, we're resting in some way. Or even having fun. Suddenly there's no room for fun if life is all about work. But a life of love with God includes all these things. It includes work, it includes rest, it includes joy and fun and silliness. And we're allowed to enjoy our lives in love. You know, Jesus says, look at the lilies of the fields. They do not labour and spin. And we too are allowed to take life at a relaxed and loving pace with God. Um, I was thinking one way to put it is like, he called us his friends. We're his friends, not his sweatshop workers. He's not got this sort of whip on our back saying, come on, go out and do a bit more mission. <laughs> you know, go out. you haven't done much evangelism lately. <laughs> He's our friends. We, we, we go and do it with him. So there's some other thoughts. Right. Where do we wrap up? Yeah, I think, you know, I just wanted to share that this is something that um, I've, been, I've been working through and that's why I'm sharing it with you. And what I really want for my own life is 
Um, to, I'm going to try and start my day spending more time trying to remind myself of God's love and get that inspiration for the rest of the day. Because I find myself sometimes going through my work day with this sort of low-grade anxiousness of trying to meet the grade and do, do my work well, um, which is of course a good thing, you want to do a good job, but it's motivated differently and I, I want to change that, you know, switch that around so that I just feel that already the day is good, already God is good, already I am good, and here we go, let's express myself, my love for God, his love for me through my work. Like, wouldn't that be, I want more of that. Um, and so I want, I want to invite you to try it with me. I'm going to be trying it over the next few weeks. Probably my time in the morning, I have a bath, so I'll be praying then. <laughs> I don't know what you do, but that's, that's the only time I can think of. Um, yeah. So let's pray, shall we? Uh, I've run on quite late, so we, we need to wrap up soon, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, I'll pray, and then I, I just want to invite you to pray as well and respond however you want to. Um, if, you'd, if you'd like specifically to be prayed for, then maybe put your hand up or you could just speak it out and, and then someone else can pray for you from where they're sitting. Okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Inspire us with your love. We just thank you, like Paul saying for every wave it's just constant we thank you that we can find our our life and our significance in your love we thank you that we can trust it through the seeming crazy randomness of this like, past year and your love always remains we ask that it would go deeper and deeper still that it would take centre stage. If anything has come and bumped off centre stage, we just say, come and take up more room with your love. In Jesus' name, Amen.